Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brewroots. I'm Emily. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that brings you the stories behind your favorite beer. Yeah, how are you tonight? I'm good, Matt. I <laughs> It's been kind of a weird week for me. Yeah? Yeah. Do tell, do tell. Well, the temperature has been up and down and kind of crazy, so all these like weird animals have been crawling around in my backyard. So, yeah, I've been just having some odd experiences lately with the wildlife. <laughs> That's weird. You want to know? What yeah, <laughs> fill us in. What do you mean? All right, so last night, it's probably 1130 at night. I'm laying in my bed. I've got all the windows open. I live in the middle of the woods, so there's like crickets and peepers and stuff, and it's kind of nice to fall asleep to. All of a sudden, I hear this loud like, wham, wham, like this loud noise. Like it sounded like something hitting metal. So I'm like, what the hell? So I just lay in bed. I'm kind of like, whatever, I'll just let it go. It just keeps going. Wham, wham. So I'm like, okay, one of my brothers like messing around the driveway or something. So I go and look out my window and I see the biggest, fattest raccoon I have ever seen just walking, like pacing in a circle around my bunny's cage. And my bunny is thumping her little foot against the metal in her cage. Jesus. And so I like woke up my whole family and we were all like running around the house. We were like, something's trying to get the bunny. And I was like, don't worry, guys. Raccoons are scavengers. Like, it'll be fine. He just wants to eat her food out of her cage or whatever. So I went on a rescue mission. I got a spray bottle. I chased that raccoon right out of the front lawn, brought the bunny inside, went straight back to bed. You're the hero that we need. Exactly. Wow. I have I can't top that. So let's just tell let's tell our <laughs> listeners what's on deck for this week. All right. So this week we're going to talk to you guys after our regular beer facts and beer history. We're going to talk about some bougie beers, some of the most expensive beers you can buy and why they're so damn expensive. And then we're also going to talk about the difference between porters and stouts. Yeah, that's awesome because these were user submitted topics that we're doing. This is the first time we've done a user submitted topic. And uh, I'm excited to kind of delve into some things that I've never known about. Yeah, I love when you guys give us topics because now I have this kind of backlog of like fun things that people want to hear about. So I can't wait to share the rest with you guys. But that's all we could fit in for this episode. That's right. All right. So let's get to the fun fact. All right. So this week, I'm going to tell you guys a fun fact that has to do with stouts because we're going to talk about stouts. We're going to drink some stouts. Um, so Matt, did you know that you can buy a coffee stout that's made with elephant poop? Mm, tell me more. Well, at least at one point you could. So back in 2013, this brewery called Sankt Gallen out of Japan created this limited edition coffee stout and they brewed it with coffee beans that had been pre-digested and shit out by elephants. Gross. Yeah, but but it's not, not as gross as we'd think. Gross. Yeah. So like, some people maybe we have some coffee connoisseurs out there know that we use these like tiny marsupial animals called civets to dehull coffee beans. So coffee beans are actually kind of like a berry, and then on the inside is the actual coffee beans. So we have these little animals. They kind of chew off all of the berry part. They digest it and they poop out the coffee bean thanks civets <laughs> yeah thank you civets shout out and then we clean off the beans and we roast the coffee and there we go so basically this um brewery had these elephants from this thai sanctuary like eat this super expensive coffee and they shit it out and then they took the coffee and they made a coffee stout out of it and basically 
uh, this beer was pretty expensive. So to give you an idea, the coffee itself cost $104 just for 35 gram of 35 grams of it. Um, Damn. Yeah, so that's pretty insane. And it sold out online within two minutes of going on. So they must have had a lot of hype around this. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And people, you know, when they look at extra stuff, they want to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that stuff that has like this crazy hype. Definitely. People have and no problem. I watched like a, I read like this review of this guy who was trying it. And I'm sure that people were like expecting it to have some kind of like weird flavor to it. But honestly, I'm sure it just tastes like a coffee stout. And that's what the guy said. It was like, yeah just a really good stout it's just the novelty behind it yeah all right so on this day in beer history june 1st uh emily are you familiar with our friend louis pasteur i'm very grateful for louis pasteur why is that well because without him we'd probably all be getting really sick from drinking cow's milk well without him as well we'd be also getting really sick from the beer that gets sent to us and why is that because in 1876 on june 1st Louis Pasteur published studies of fermentation, the diseases of beer, their causes, and the means of preventing them. What this book unlocked was the ability to ship beer across nationwide, like nationwide, essentially, mm. without it spoiling. That's awesome. So this is, uh, thus the rise of the greatest nationwide breweries can be traced directly to the issue of Pasteur's landmark work. Yeah, they probably saved a lot of money on spoilage. Yeah. And we know that it still happens today, even with all these kind of modernizations that we have in place around yep. sanitation and and pasteurization. Yes. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so thank you. Cool that he wrote, like, a whole book just about beer. Beer, yeah. I don't think I mean, most people know that. Well, I mean, it goes back to the beer probably being cleaner than the water. True. That is being drunk. All right, so that was your weekly dose of beer facts and beer history. Now let's jump into our next topic. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The bougiest beer of all time. Yes. So uh, we are going to be talking about some of the most expensive and bougie beers that we have out there. Uh, We did some research and we pleaded with all our fans and they pooled all their money and they actually sent us all this beer. Oh, God. I know. I love you guys. But it got lost in the mail and we haven't gotten it yet. You guys... I believe you, though. I do believe you that it got lost in the mail. Yeah, I get it. We have the best fans. But uh, so I'm so excited to talk about this because some of these are ridiculous. That they are. All right. So this one bougie ass beer comes from our backyard. uh, Believe it or not, Sam Adams. Sammy. So Sam Adams decided to make a beer that was going to get their asses banned in 13 states. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So the reason it's banned is due to its high ABV. What do you think it is? Like if you had to guess. What kind of beer it is? No, no, no. Like how high the ABV? What is like a? Oh, what's geez. the lethal th- dose of ABV? A lethal that you would dose think? for beer is definitely anything more than like twenty percent. Ooh, go a little bit higher at twenty-seven percent. This Jesus. beer is banned in thirteen states. Wow. Uh, this beer is so bougie that it's matured in three barrels: <laughs> a Scotch barrel, a port barrel, and a cognac barrel. Oh, Le Cognac. Yeah, Le Cognac. Uh, so this is paired with a caramel, Vienna, Morvarian, and Bavarian smoke, smoked malt. Um, only 9,000 of these bottles were re- released in early 2000. Hmm. Uh, if you had to guess, how much? How much for a bottle? For a 700 milliliter bottle that has a copper finish to look like a brewing kettle. I'd say at least 30 bucks. 
I would times that by five, and you'll Jeez. get one hundred and fifty dollars oh for seven hundred and fifty dollars. But fear you not, Emily. Fear you not, listeners. There are more expensive beers out there. Oh we, yeah, we have not. It gets it. way worse. All right. So what did you find? All right. So this one is by this uh, brewery called Schorschbrau, and they are from Germany. No, and you don't say. The name of the beer is the Schorschbach 57, mm-hmm. and this was actually claimed to be the strongest beer in the world. And this was released long after your Utopias from Sammy's. It was released in 2011, okay. and why don't you take a wild guess at what the ABV is on this one? So you said it's more. Oh, yeah. Is it a lot more, or is it something that? It's a lot more. All right, so I'm going to say like 45%. It's more than that. 56 57 percent abv that's insane okay and only 36 bottles were released okay and each bottle cost 200 euros okay i would never touch this beer that's scary as hell to me so you said it's 200 euros yep so it's two hundred thirty-three and ninety-one cent American dollars. Wow, that was the quickest conversion. Matt I just did that <laughs> on the fly. On the fly. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. So apparently, the notes of this beer were it was a little bit smoky, a little bit nutty, with hints of raisin. So yeah, I would never pay two hundred thirty-three dollars for anything with raisins in it. You can I get raisins for like thirty cents. You're literally just paying for the rarity and. Honestly, just like the clout of being like, yeah, I have this beer that's 57% alcohol. That's outrageous. Yeah, it's a little weird, but uh, it doesn't hold a candle to the next one that I'm going to be talking <laughs> about. <laughs> All right. All right. So this one has a relatively low ABV uh, at 10%. <sighs> what a relief. <laughs> but seems like price, less now. <laughs> its price is crazy. And uh, this is the only one that I think I can agree with why it costs this much so this beer is brewed with water that is melted from the antarctic icebergs dug by the sea shepherd conservation society Hmm. so the award-winning brewery named antarctic nail ale (laughs) so uh this is brewed this this beer was released uh for an 800 dollar for 500 milliliter bottle but all the profit went to this welfare organization and only how many f- bottles did they make? Only 30. Wow. Yes. Uh, so the prices did go as high as about $1,800 for a bottle. That's crazy. And that comes in as our most expensi- expensive beer on That's the list nuts. that we found. But don't <laughs> worry, guys. We found not only the most ex- – not expensive, but the most ridiculous extra bougie, bougie beer. Bougie-ass beer. I would say like – like uh, this I, I is don't like even know. disturbing. Do you want to tell it or should I? I think you should, but I want. I do want to preface it this way. We put a poll on our Instagram tonight, and we got people who said that they would buy this beer. Yeah. So, so if you guys saw this already, you probably know what I'm about yes. to talk about. Yeah. So we polled if our listeners would drink this. Forty-eight percent said yes. What is even more astonishing is that fifty-two percent said no. Like, I get that. Like, I thought it was going to be 75% no, 25% yes. You know what? We have some down-ass listeners. Like, seriously. I just want to shout out Mommy Beers, who said she would drink this. Hell yeah. Uh, Allie, our former co-host, said she'd drink it. 
love it hilarious so uh and then catastrophe 930 who provided all the beer for this episode that's tonight, catastrophe with a k with a k voted that she would not oh Anc- come on ancestry brewing who sent us amazing beer from seattle said they wouldn't so i just want to thank all those people out there who are saying that said <laughs> they wouldn't would you drink it emily honestly i think i would i wouldn't all right let's let's not tease it anymore okay okay so this <laughs> this beer is from a brewery called Brew Dog, and essentially, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So the beer is served in bottles, right? But the bottles are encased with a taxidermied animal. So you've got a squirrel, you've got some kind of little like muskrat looking thing, and it looks like they're just kind of standing up on their hind legs with their mouth wide open. Oh and yeah, it's, it's like ridiculous. a bottleneck coming out. So there was a lot of time and effort that went into making these, and only 12 bottles were made. Thank God. Uh, so this beer rounds out of 55% ABV. It's a Belgian ale. That's absolutely That's a insane. high-ass Belgian ale. And this is uh, mixed with nettles and juniper berries. And it is freeze-distilled as well. Mm. So that's why they get that high percentage. And it was priced at $765 for a 330-mil bottle. Yeah, so... Yeah, pretty so close to that nail ale, but not really for a great cause. Uh, a couple of animals had to die for this one, so sorry to all y'all that are a little sensitive about that. Yeah, so uh, some of they the only uh, made twelve though. Yeah, so some of the runners up was uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon, and another one from uh, Sink the Bismarck Brew Dogs as well. So Brew Dogs made the mo- the list twice. Mm. Um, we'll we'll post some of these on our blog on our website brewroots.com. And you can check some of them out. And uh, I don't know if you'll be able to get your hands on them. Or if any of you listeners out there have tried them. Yeah, I'd love to hear from yeah, you. Tell us your thoughts. I mean, these seem pretty rare and hard to get your hands on at this point. Because a lot of them I know came out like a few years ago. I know people Utopius. Oh, that's cool. And I've heard mixed reaction, right? Like I hear, oh, I love it. Or, yeah, I would drink it. It was cool. I got it. But whatever. These would be cool to get as a gift. I just certainly would never buy one for mm. myself. And I, I think we, we think about a beer, right? And sometimes I cringe at the idea of spending like I've bought in four packs that are thirty bucks, right? Yeah. For sixteen ounce cans and I And you're like this better be I'm the hesitant best to like tell somebody, drank. Oh, I spent thirty bucks for this. Mm-hmm. Then I think I spend th- like I'll spend like seventy bucks for a bottle of, of whiskey or I'll spend, you know, like hundred and ten dollars for a bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um so the craft beer, it is getting more sophisticated, some of the processes that are being made and, and just to be 100% transparent, some of the best beer that's being made out there is being made by two people in a brewery that's 800 degrees in the morning. You know, they're brewing their asses off. So, yeah, if they're going to charge a little bit more for something that's a awesome product, I don't have a problem. No, neither do I, as long as it's totally worth the money. Yeah. And but, like, these are these are ridiculous. Yeah, these yeah. are just, like, the craziest high-end nutso ones. Yes. You guys have to check out the Instagram so you can see a picture of what those bottles look like with the squirrel. And it's got this, like, bottleneck coming straight out of its mouth. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, what is the most you'd spend for a beer? The most I'd ever spend on a beer? I mean... One glass of for beer. For one glass? For one glass of beer. I think the most I could ever spend is, like, $100. You would spend 100 I, I was saying I $18 would be my maximum for wow. one glass of beer. I must be bougier than you, Matt. But for one glass. I know, but it's, like, but all the conditions have to be in place. Like, it has so to the be stars the have to align. Yeah, the stars have to align. Everybody has to tell me it's, like, going to change my life. 
I have to have a hundred dollars to spare, etc., okay. etc. Yeah, I would say eighteen dollars. I don't even think I could do the cool twenty. Wow, that's fair. It's, and I'm bougie, like you I know. know that. I know, but maybe I'm bougier yeah. at heart. All right, all right. So that concludes our segment on the most expensive beers, uh, and that's nationwide. We we dug. Trust me, people. We dug for this stuff. Mm. And don't forget the elephant poop one. I'd say that counts right in this category. Oh, for sure. All right, so let's move on to our next topic, which is stout versus porter. What's, What's the, difference? the difference? So I'll be honest with you. I have no clue. I had no clue going into this. So I had to do a little bit of research. And what I found out was that there's not a hell of a lot of the difference yeah i mean there's not much that brewers can agree on in terms of what the technical differences are and how the how they're made except that uh we would traditionally make brew uh sorry we would traditionally brew porters with um malted barley and stouts are made from unmalted but roasted barley. Right. And that's why stouts have that kind of coffee flavor because the roasting brings out this caramelization and that burnt flavor. Yeah. So what gets a little bit even more like weird is that the name porter and stout has become more interchangeable um, when categorizing like a darker beer. So what's happening is these two types of beer are more often than not, someone will tell us they prefer one to another. <laughs> And then they'll just say oh, it's a porter. When chuckle, it might chuckle. be a right, it might be a stout. So tonight we are drinking stouts and porters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're drinking the classic Guinness stout. Yep. I am drinking a peanut butter and fluff porter. Fabulous. Amazing. This um, one was super cool. Tell just talk about this one yes. for a second. So I'm drinking Listerman. Listerman's out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and Catastrophe 930 with a K sent us this. We are so appreciative of all the beer she sent us. She sent us raspberry beret which yeah. is like a prince beer it's like girl do you like you must know me she knows that i'm still not I'm over the death huge, of prince well i'm a huge prince fan yeah. and especially that song so I, when i saw that i went like ah! yes. and i was like matt you can't have this it's mine yeah so thank you so much so i'm yeah, thank you listerman um and i i i think that listerman does the best peanut butter porter that i've ever had yep. and i search far and wide to find one that equals it and i haven't been able to find it but then they just up their game with this like peanut butter and nutter yeah fluff and nutter which is exclusive to the new england area so people who don't know what that is it's a peanut butter with this melted like marshmallow fluff i can't believe people don't know what it is it sounds weird but it's freaking awesome i don't know if you've done it with nutella before it's even better oh like the three yes Yes. i have with wonder bread no doubt oh of course yeah and you gotta toast the wonder bread for like just a minute so Let's truly try to understand the differences between these two dark beers. So we have to go back to England. Yes. In the 18th century. Yeah. So what people were doing before porters were even known as porters was they were these brewers were kind of experimenting with these aged ales and these sort of like lighter colored um, pale ales and essentially just like you would at the 7-Eleven mixing the different sodas, they were just kind of hurricaning them and seeing what kind of flavors they could bring out. And then they started just sort of tweaking the recipe and experimenting with different ingredients, boosting the alcohol content, and eventually the porter was born. And it became really popular. And so with 
the popularity of the porter came even more experimentation. Yes. But what's even more interesting is that originally the stout, quote unquote, was called the stout porter. Right. Exactly. Because it was just like a stouter porter. Right. It was like higher in alcohol content. It had stronger flavor. Mm -hmm. It was darker. It was even more opaque. And essentially, we now just consider them two different kinds of beer. They're kind of one in the same. Correct. And what's funny is that some people also would argue that stouts are higher in alcohol content than porters. This we know not to be true. There are brewers who are brewing stouts with lower alcohol content than their favorite porter to brew. Correct. So, so porters came first, and the stout really didn't take off until somebody named Guinness, which you can <laughs> find all over the place, uh, became a household name, and people fell in love with like the creamy luscious feeling that came with drinking a stout mm -hmm. so then the stout kind of took off so fast forward today and we're seeing that a lot of brewers are actually brewing porters that are stronger in alcohol content than their stouts from the same brewery so we know that this idea that stouts have higher alcohol content is a myth i mean maybe it's a general trend right. but it really isn't what distinguishes one from the other no i agree and actually emily luke uh Par Purcell of Great Lake Brewing also agrees. He was quoted saying in a craft brewing magazine, you can ask a number of brewers this question and you'll just get as many answers. The simple answer is there's no real difference between the two. Right. Like one was born from the other. They sort of went on these divergent paths and people started to kind of stylize them as they wanted. Like we've always said on this podcast, there's so much creativity behind the art of brewing. There really aren't any wrong answers as long as you're not poisoning anybody or everybody hates your beer. So... Right. You can't really say that, you know, porters are this, stouts are that. Again, <laughs> the stout was born of the porter. But the one thing that I would say is at least a pretty general distinguishing factor is the fact that the porters are made with the malted barley. The stouts are traditionally made with the unmalted and roasted barley, which gives them that coffee flavor. Right. So these rules are blurry right right exactly. so and that's the cool thing about craft beer like right you can make a porter with a an unmalted roasted barley i mean you'd probably mix it in with some other stuff right. with some malted barley but if you wanted kind of that coffee flavor i've had a coffee porter before yeah so wayne wambles of cigar city brewing kind of said the same thing right mm -hmm. he says i subscribe to the never say never camp though you <laughs> though so i can't say i would never put roasted barley in a porter under cer certain circumstances i would consider it exactly so if you know that your beer is going to kick ass because you need roasted barley in it do it go for it and, and it's not going to not be a porter yeah because <laughs> honestly i bet you if you said one beer is a porter and one beer is a stout and you were to put them in front of the somebody they wouldn't be able they wouldn't to be tell. able to tell the difference funny that you say that Matt. oh no i can see oh it's yep i've got a plan matt did not know that i was gonna do this but we're gonna do another blind taste test yeah we had a lot of fun doing that with our celiac episode so if I, you haven't you listened to that are you uh, down yeah i'm down let's do it all right cool so i've got a porter and a stout okay hopefully they've got similar flavors i'm not going to tell you any of the brands i don't want you to recognize what you're tasting okay but i'm going to put these two beers in front of you i don't care if you can see what they look like because they're going to look pretty identical except maybe the head okay and um i think i think uh the listeners will be surprised to see if you can actually tell the difference if i can i don't mean to be like that like snobby beer drinker so don't think that like oh, i'm like oh i can tell the malted barley i really can't well it'll be cool because 
yeah, we know the trends and we know that there are some fair differences between the two, but I'll be just curious to see if your human tongue can actually detect it. Yes, my mere mortal tongue. Yes. All right, so let's do that. All right, Matt, are you ready? I am. All right, so I've got the two glasses. I'll just describe them to you guys. I know this is bad podcast practice, but anyway. So I've got beer A and beer B. So beer A has, you know, a fair amount of carbonation, but it doesn't really have much of a head on it. It's been sitting here for about 30 seconds to a minute already. The head is kind of gone. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't have any kind of a foamy head. And you're serving these at room temperature, so we are getting a lot of the aromas off of the Mm -hmm. the top of the beer. Yeah, they've been sitting out, and um, the second beer, beer B, Definitely still the head is sitting right on top of that, and it's a little bit darker in color. You can't see as much of the carbonation as you can in beer A, mm-hmm. so that's what we're looking at. All right, so one is a porter, and one is a stout. One is a porter, one's a All stout. Right, so I will try beer B. First? First. All right, go for All it. Right. I'm drinking it out of a glass, for those who are wondering. Gotta have it out of a glass. All right, so right off the bat, this one does taste a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, little bit of coffee flavor um and i don't know if i'm just telling myself that there's a coffee flavor uh, let me take a second guess see i'm not 100 percent sure now so mm, interesting hint of coffee i think so overall awesome beer but it's a little thick in the mouth feel thick in the mouth for sure and you're getting that foam in your beard yeah, right I'm now getting the foam in the beard. <laughs> all right uh, all right let's so try beer a, a. All right, so this one definitely tastes a little bit more carbonated. Mm-hmm. Uh, different style, I believe, but overall, both delicious. <laughs> um, so it's hard. I love. We porters. don't like to be objective. No, no, no. It's either. it's tough for me because I love porters and stouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, now thinking about it, I don't taste coffee at all in this. Mm-hmm. In beer A. In beer A. It would be very hard. This is going to be a flip of a coin decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that beer B is a porter. No, I'm sorry. Beer B is a stout. Mm-hmm. And beer A is a porter. You know what, Matt? I'm probably wrong. You were wrong. All right. So tell me what I'm drinking. Yeah. So beer A is a milk stout from Left Hand Brewing. Oh, cool. Yeah. This is a sweet stout. It's roasted malt and coffee notes. And it's a creamy and sweet stout. Oh, there's coffee in that. Six, yep, it's six percent, okay. and um, it's made with Rocky Mountain water, mar- malted barley. There we go. Flaked oats, hops, and yeast. Good beer. And the second one that you're drinking is from the back of my fridge. I've been saving this for a special occasion. Uh, this is. Please tell me it's like a winter beer that. Well, it's a fall beer, but oh it's, my God. it's from Troig's Brewing, which oh, is cool. one of my yeah, favorites. And this is called the Dead Reckoning Porter. Awesome. Yeah. So this one. Oh, I'm kind of bummed that we can't get that uh, like now. I drink. That's delicious. I would drink that in the summer. Yeah. I mean, this is delicious. I wish that they brewed it more than once a year, but and nothing that Troig's does is bad in my opinion. Sorry if I'm butchering that name, by the way, but I have always pronounced it Troig's. I've always pronounced it Troig's as well. Good. Okay. I've actually not never... Pr- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about that beer. I'm curious. Right. So this one, this porter is 5.9%. So it was very similar to the Milk Stout. That's why I kind of liked to pair them up. I didn't want the alcohol to be a factor. 
Um, but this is a hoppy American porter, and it's got these kind of chocolatey roasted malts, and it's got this sharp, earthy bitterness, rich, smooth cocoa mouthfeel. Would you say that that's what you're getting? Yeah, so I wonder if the cocoa is where I was misinterpreting the coffee, coffee. flavor. Yeah, maybe. Um, but overall, delicious. Yeah, I'm it's one got of those, this like, beautiful head, too, like this nice kind of like yellowy. Beautiful. Oh, love it. Yeah, so I'm one of those weird people that will drink a stout or a porter in the summer. Definitely. I have no shame. I've been crushing EO9, uh, which is 603 Brewery. They're uh, Nitro Blonde Ale mm. Milk Stout. I love it. It's one of my favorite. They were actually able to come up with a invention where they don't have to put a widget in the bottom to force nitro kick carbonation. So you have to pour it a certain way. You have to really aggressively like pour it into a glass, and that helps the nitro kick. But Explain what a widget is for those of us who don't So a widget is just a, a little bobble thing in the bottom of a can, and it essen- essentially releases nitrogen into mm. a beer. And If I'm wrong, listeners, tell me, but I believe I'm not. So yeah, yeah, when you shake like a Guinness can, I've got one right here, it just makes this little... Yeah, you hear a little... You can hear this pop, 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 like a little marble in there. Yeah. Yeah, so this was fun. I'm glad we did a little taste test. I think it kind of proves our point. Yeah, I can't wait to have you. I'm going to have you do a taste test in the future because now I've done two of them. I know. I like putting Matt on the spot, too. He did not know I was going to do this. No, this is great. So this concludes our Porter versus Stout. And Bougie Beer episode. Beer episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram. And one last thing I will say about subscribing and rating us on iTunes is that we got a really nice rating the other day. Somebody wrote this really like nice paragraph just explaining all the things that they like and we really appreciate that we read every single one and it just touches our hearts yeah so so uh jordan you gave us a comment last friday so i just want to thank you uh five star reviews comments retweets subscribes help us out so much so we can continue to bring you great content every week yep and make sure that you keep dming us your ideas because this episode was purely based on listener feedback and listener ideas, so keep them coming. Yeah, absolutely. So next week's episode, I'm super excited for. It's Newburyport Brewing Company. Oh, and they've been, been like highly requested. They have been. I don't know if they're telling their their patrons DM Brewroots because I've gotten 15 <laughs> different DMs and a Facebook message and a Facebook over message the weekend. And uh, I've gotten like, when is the Newburyport Brewing Company? gonna be on yeah and people anytime that i talk about the podcast with people they're like oh have you talked to new report yet and i'm like so it is coming yep we are super excited and uh should we give them a sneak peek no i i don't think i want to don't the episode's so great uh but I'll, I will say that I'll bring you guys some fun facts about Newburyport because I know that we do have some local Massachusetts listeners. For those of you outside of the Massachusetts area, I think you'll find this cool. Newburyport has a lot of history, and we've got a lot of great beer. So Agreed. I'm excited to bring this to you guys. Agreed. So next week, Newburyport. If you are listening for the first time, check out our catalog. It's all available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Pod Happening. We are pretty much on every single podcast directory, except for Spotify. You guys need to help us get on Spotify. The way you can help us get on Spotify is tweet about us, Facebook about us. Just keep the engagement coming because we love talking to you guys, but it also, like, in the background, it really does help us get on Spotify. So we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. We will. 
This has been a great time. We're going to go drink some more stouts and porters, yes. and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.